0: Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. God is good. God is good. God is good. Such a joy, once again, to be part of our Sunday morning service with all of you. God is a good God. He's always in the business of meeting with His people. And everywhere we see, uh, whenever God's children come, whenever God sees an expectant God. God is present there. You know what? Bible says, oh, I will pour out my spirit to all people, all the flesh. And also Bible talks about that streams of rivers will flow through thirsty lands in the wilderness. So what I believe is wherever he sees hearts that are expecting for God to work, I believe God works in those areas. Are you right? Are you with me, church? Wherever... People gather with an expectation from Him. Oh, what is our expectation? Our expectation is not just to meet our ends. Our expectation is because He is the end of our life. And He is in whom we join together to worship. Are you all trying to understand this? Are you all with me, church? So once again, I'd like to extend our welcome to everybody who's gathered here, to our online family and people who are present here. And I know there are some new faces that I, I see. Um, I was told that uh, some of our families from Houston, Brother Georgie's family from Houston, um, they are here with us. We want to welcome you. Can we all put our hands together and welcome this wonderful family? <laughs> we will love you to be part of our family so you can move back to Dallas. May God continue to bless Uh, in all that you do and I also uh, heard that there is another friend of ours a friend of Joel that is here brother Zach we want to welcome you may God continue to bless and anybody who is here for the very first time we, 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 we welcome you you could be in any other place um, but you chose to be with us and we don't uh, you know just count it as you know you know we don't take it for granted but we want to welcome you we celebrate your choice in making this as your church for today as you have visiting and may the lord continue to bless each one of our family members if you're tuning in online i um, i like to welcome our online family may the lord continue to bless and if you are sick and you could not be part of our service today know that our church is praying for you know that We are backing you up and know that we are with you in this journey. Are you all trying to understand this? We are trying, I mean, I want this to be a church where we love people. In our words, in our gestures, in our talk, in everything we do, we want to be known as a church that loves people around. Are you all trying to understand this? Hallelujah. We want to be known as a church that doesn't judge people, but we love people. Loving people should be the first aspect of our journey and our life and our church because our God is all about love. We are the children of love. And if we are the children of love, everything that we do ought to come out of love. And I want our church to be known. Zion Church, oh, this church is a church that loves people. Come on. Hallelujah. This is a church that loves everybody. This is a church that welcomes anybody who walks through those double doors. I want them to feel welcomed. I was just telling Zach as he walked into and I was talking to him, I, to, I told him that, you know what, um, today maybe a lot of people will come and talk to you because this is the culture of our church where uh, we don't take any visitor for granted. We talk to them and sometimes you will feel overwhelmed because the number of people who come keep talking to you, maybe opportunities will come and talk to you in Malayalam. You don't understand a word in Malayalam, but all that I want to tell you is they are talking good about you. They are appreciating you. They are praying yeah. for you and and all of our family, this is the culture of our church, we go talk to us the, the, the visitors, the strangers, and once they leave our church, they no longer become strangers. They become part of our family. Our family lot loves people. Are you all trying to understand this? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you are enjoying God's presence? Amen. Amen. Today, the, the, as, the, as our worship leaders were leading us into a time of worship that was so powerful, um, sometimes you know we don't want to end those worship moments. We just want to tune in and just continue and just completely soak in that presence because his 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 words are so powerful through those songs. Are you trying to have has there any be any moments in your life when God has talked to you through songs? Has there moments in your life where God has talked to you through songs, through our worship? I have seen deliverances happening in my ministry while our worship team were leading in worship. We didn't have to go and pray over them. I didn't have to go touch anybody. The worship leaders were so powerful and anointed. The moment they started singing worship, I saw demonic spirits leaving the church. I saw people. come on. Are you all trying to understand this? I pray that our church will grow into that, tap into that next level. When your words, your words have the power to tap into what heaven wants to do on earth. Come on, somebody. Your words have that power. So when you are leading worship or you're praying within our church, when you're greeting someone, can I tell you, your words have power. Amen. You may not know what the brother or sister have gone through the entire week, but when you greet them and when you shake hands and say, God bless you, brother, I tell you in Jesus' name, their lives will change forever. Amen. And God can do it, do it through you, you your anointed one. You are a chosen one. Hallelujah. We were journeying on through a series um, titled as Cornerstone last, last four weeks. And uh, today I like to wind up um, in our, our series. And uh, as we were journeying through and last week, we, we looked upon the, the, the extravagant, reckless love of our Father, uh, you know, on Father's Day. And we know that Jesus is a cornerstone. Anything that is built on Christ Jesus will sustain and will stay forever. Everything else is a sinking sand and nothing will stay. Are you all trying to understand this? Amen. Anything that is built on Christ. Who is the cornerstone of this church? It's not me. It's none of our board members. It is Jesus Christ. Anything, any family, any individual that is built on Christ Jesus. Storms will come. Tempests will come. Struggles will come. But anything that is built on Jesus will stay forever why are the marriages staying together why are people staying together in married life if your marriage is built on Christ Jesus no matter what struggle come through your life you will always find your hope on Christ Jesus who is your foundation i believe this will be the story of not just our life. This will be the story of everybody who is listening to me online or, 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 or tuning into our podcast on a weekly basis or even the same anointing that I preach right now. I am praying every week, the Lord, that it will be transferred through all the online media that we have. The same anointing that I preach right now. So I want you to be prayed up as you listen to me, as the Lord has given me a word. Sometimes when the Lord talks to me, the, you know, um, Saturday nights, you know, sometimes I'm the last one to leave the homes of our, you know, of, uh, uh, you know, the cottage meetings that we have. And after I do so, I'll come back home. I don't do anything else. I just ask my wife, can you please make me a coffee? And she is ready. She makes me a coffee and I go sit in my office and I sit pray and I prepare for the sermon. Uh, The Lord that has put a seed in my heart, I want to just grow it and tap into that presence. And the Lord continues to talk to me. And this morning, as I was looking into, um, you know, what I have to share to our church, God was talking to me and I started off, I branched off, uh, I sowed a seed yesterday uh, uh, during our cottage meeting in one of our brother's house. And today morning, I want to continue on the journey. And the question that comes to me, uh, while I begin my sermon here is um, who am I? Who am I? Is a question that I want to revolve around. That's going to be my theme that I want to revolve around in today's message. Who am I? Who am I? It's a question that many philosophers have asked. Immanuel uh, Kant is one of the uh, 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 lifelong, he's, he's been a great philosophers of all time and you know the four questions that he has raised is that who am I? What am I? What can I do? And and what can I know and out of all these four in all the years of research that he has done he said the question who am I is never answered by anybody the question who am I is never answered by anybody today as we look into God's scripture and understand from the point of our series the cornerstone we have to know who we are we have to know who am I in our daily life and journey There are a lot of times that people give a lot of names to us. Our parents have given a name. Sometimes we like that name and sometimes we try to change that name. Our friends have given us a name and we try to grow up with that name or we try to do everything to rebel against that name. People have given us an identity because of our lifestyle and the ways of our living. But what I'm trying to share here is from a scripture portion that is very fam- uh, familiar to many of us. It's from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. I'm going to read it for you. If you have your Bibles with you, just turn, turn your scriptures. You have it on the screen or your electronic media. Just swipe up and down. Get to 2 Samuel. Do you know where 2 Samuel is? After 1 Samuel. <laughs> 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. It's, this is how it goes. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and he said, Who am I? Sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this for? And as if this were not enough in your sight, Sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant and this decree. Sovereign Lord is for a mere human. What a beautiful scripture to ponder on this morning as we look into um, the presence of God. And I pray that this scripture will talk volumes into your life. I have a time limit of maybe the next 20-25 minutes to speak, but I pray that even after I finish off preaching today, you will continue the journey of realizing who you are. Ask this question to yourself. Who am I really? Who am I? What am I doing? Who am I in the house of God? And there's a question that David asked. You know, I love the stories related to David because he has done a lot of conquests for the Lord. He has done a lot of warfare for the Lord. He's done a, and achieved a lot of things. He is the one who fortified the city of Jerusalem. He is the one who fortified the nation of Israel. He's is the one who strengthened the city uh, uh, and, and called it the city of God. Zion as the capital, Zion as the city of God. And he has done a lot of conquest. For the Lord in Israel. A great guy, a great warrior, a gr- great achievements that we see through David's life. Anointed guy, chosen by God. He has done a lot of conquests, like he slayed the, 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 the giant and killed the bear and the lion. He won victories over the Philistines and, and any nation that comes. Everybody was scared of David because of how powerful he was. It was not his power. It was the power of God that was working through him. But the people around were so scared of David. But What I'm trying to bring your attention towards is chapter 7, which is very interesting for us to lo- look into today. When we read chapter 7, we read from 18, but when we read verse 1 onwards, we see a scripture portion that goes like this. After the king has settled in his palace and the Lord g- have, had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in the house of a cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. I want to bring your attention towards that scripture today. What a beautiful scripture for all of us to, to look into and reconcile with our own thoughts and mind today because this is a scripture from a guy who has conquered great and done ach- greater things for God Almighty. He's a guy who has done greater achievements for God Almighty and this is why it says, After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies. After the king had settled in his palace, he built a good palace for himself. Every man would love to do something great and is to protect your family by building a home for yourself. David did the same thing. He built and erected a lot of palaces around for himself and his family. For his future generations, he wanted to secure things for his family. But what the Bible says here is, when he built a palace for himself, one fine day he was resting. He was taking rest in the presence of God Almighty. He looked around his house. He looked around his palatial building. He looked around all that he has made for himself. Bible says that he rested in after God had given him victory over all his enemies. Are you trying to understand this? Sometimes you cannot rest because you see all your enemies are against you. But you have to know one thing that if God is for you, no weapon can ever be against you. And if God is for you, there's no enemy that can ever stand against you. So, what I'm trying to say is when you are in the presence of God, always know that you're in front of your enemies, God will give you rest. Are you trying to understand this? How many of you are feeling restful these days? even in the midst of your chaos, even in the midst of your turmoil and situations where you see all world is raging fight against you. Can I tell you, as a Christian, as a child of God, among everybody else in the world, you can feel security in the presence of God. You can enjoy rest in the presence of God. Nothing of the world can ever put you down because you know where you have situated yourself, you are in the dwelling. Oh, come on. Bible says in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of most high will find rest in the shadows of the almighty God. He will find re- I mean, you, I, am, I, am I talking to a church that wants to find rest in the presence of God? Am I talking to some families who have been working so hard and you don't know how things will happen, how how your life's ends are going to meet? You're trying to do everything possible, but you're working so hard and you're not getting any bit of rest. And today's word is, Bible says, after the king settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all your enemies. And today, as I proclaim this word over my church, I'm going to proclaim victory over your life, over all the enemies that you're going through. All the enemies that are trying to encamp against you. Every person and every voice that has come down to put you down and your purpose, God's purpose in your life. I proclaim and I win victory in the name of Jesus. May God give you rest in his presence. But as we look forward, one of the things that I enjoy the most here is, David, God rest in God's presence. But he leave that to there right there but he what he chose to say was he said God how can I live in a house built of cedar when the ark of the Lord is kept in the tent how can I remain peaceful when the ark of the Lord has no place to be in when the ark of the Lord is just remaining in the tent out in the camp or in the wilderness. How can I enjoy this beauty? How can I enjoy this palatial room? How can I enjoy this favors when the ark of the Lord. What I want to share here is he had a heart for the presence of God. And that's the most important part of any Christian's life. Having a heart for God's work. Having a heart for the work of God Almighty, having a heart for the presence of God Almighty, even in the in the blessed life of all of ours that we are leading, sometimes we have to think about God. How can I live live peacefully when I see your house in ruins? How can I live peacefully when I see everything is falling apart in your house? How can I live peacefully when I see brothers and sisters not uniting together in your house? How can I live peacefully when I see the walls coming down in your house? Can I tell you, if you are a leader in this church, you must have a heart from God Almighty to say, God, you have given the blessings of my life and you have given and provided everything in my life. But today, I decide to look, Look into the interest of what matters the most to you in this house for your kingdom. And that's one thing that I love about David. Why did God go to establish a a living covenant with David? Because he thought about God. He thought about God. How can I live in this house when the ark of God is just kept in a tent? I have a good, immovable residence a palatial house for myself when the ark of god is sitting outside no no i want the ark of god to be protected i want to build a house that the desire in his heart no in order to understand the scriptures we have to go back to the chapter six why was david so concerned about the ark of god because david was was a good man who knew the heart of god almighty he knew and he understood that in chapter 6, when we look into the scriptures, we understand that the ark of God was kept in different homes for a season. Wherever the ark of God was placed, the house became a blessing. Wherever the, the ark of God was placed, the ark of God represents the presence of God Almighty. It is not a, something that w- man cannot build a living residence for God to dwell. Man cannot, man is, man cannot do it. But still, the desire of man there just to place the ark of God Almighty or the presence of God—they just wanted to host His presence. And we see in the stories in chapter number six, when we read through the scriptures, we understand that wherever the ark of God was placed, God blessed the household. We see the story of Obededom. What we look into the story is the ark of God was just kept for less than four months, less than around three months. But for the three months Bible records, God blessed the house. It's, it's written there. God blessed the household because the ark of God was placed in their house. Are you trying to understand this? Just because Obederum honored the presence of God and hosted his presence to dwell, the ark of God, he, he, he made a place in his house. Maybe he emptied out one of the bedrooms of his child. Maybe he emptied out one of the dining tables that he had. And he gave a place for God's ark to be placed. In his house. Can I tell you something? In three months, his story was changed around. In three months, God turned around the life of Obededom, And everything belonged to him. Why? Because he hosted the presence. If you only know to host the presence of God in your families, oh, your life will be changed, my dear brother and sister. As families, if only we know how to host the presence of God. We do so much to host our neighbor. We do so much to host our, our pastors. Whenever I go visiting, I love it. You know? uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was visiting some family, and you know, the, the sister told me that they cleaned up the entire house. I told them why. Um, they, they cleaned up the bedrooms and everything. I said, I'm not going to your bedroom. They said, you know, sometimes in our culture, people visit our bedrooms, so I wanted to make sure our bedrooms. I mean, we know how to host our families. When anybody comes, stays with us, my wife goes, she does a lot of things extra to make sure that they are felt safe and good and and, and protected and and given care of. She does everything that she can. We know to host our our guest, but do we really know how to host the Lord of Hosts? Our king, our Lord. Bible says that the ark of God was placed in Obedenum's house for just three months. And God blessed his household. Because his priorities now change. Everything that he does is now thought behind. How am I placing the presence of God? How am I I behaving around the, the presence of God? Everything changes. Another story here. We see David takes an account of all that is happening in chapter 6. He sees how the household of obed was blessed he sees all that God has done in the house of Obededom. And now, in, verse, in chapter number seven, he thinks okay, if the house, if the ark of God was placed in the house of Obededom and God blessed him, how about I bring the presence of God in the, in the city of Jerusalem and, and, and I make this as a worship center for the entire Israelites? How much blessed my country shall be? How much blessed my nation shall be? The desire of a king. The desire of a leader. That from my home I will move the the, the ark of God to the center of the city. So that my entire city shall be blessed. So that my entire nation shall be blessed. So that my nation will be known as the nation that worships God Almighty. David was one of those first kings who initiated the worship practice for God's house. I'm thankful for such leaders who see the importance of worship. We learn from David's life. He brought back the Ark of God when he saw the ark of God out in the, in the tent, he said, how can the ark of God be in the tent? and How can I live in this palatial house and I see the ark of God outside? No, 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 we have to build it. The desire in his heart, God counted as, as righteous. And God made an everlasting covenant with David. What did God say? You will not build the house, but your son will. And your descendants will always be the ruler's. What I'm trying to share here is when the desire of David changed to build an ark for God, build a house for God, to host the presence of God, to build a sanctuary for God Almighty. Can I tell you, it's not just in the buildings of man made structures that God can reside. It is you and me that is the living structure of our God Almighty. How are we building our life to host the presence of this, this wonderful, huge, magnificent God Almighty? How is He in your heart? Have you quenched the spirit of God? Does He have room to move around? Does he have a say in your life? How does we care about His presence? It's not about the building. Yes, we need a building. And thankfully, we will be walking into a new building very soon. I've been praying about it. Our leaders are working behind it. I know it's going to happen. But more than all of that, more than all of that, it's our heart. It's our life. Because you are the temple of God Almighty. And my spirit lives in you. How are we hosting the presence of God? If anybody hosts the presence of God, their lifestyle, their walk, their talk, their behavior, everything changes you can see from a mile away and let them know and let everybody know he's a child of God because the way he behaves is so different. It's not just words. It's everything that he does. We can fool people with our words, but everything that you do when you're all by yourself, what are you? How are you? Can I ask the question, who am I? Even irrespective of all of these things that is happening, when we come back to, Verse 18, we see how God has transformed the life and changed and made an eternal covenant with David's line, David's household. We see David asking this question Who am I, sovereign Lord? What is my family that you have brought me this far? Who am I? I'm nobody. I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Every high that you take me, I'm praying God, every high that you take me, help me, that you humble me too. Christian ministry is not about how high you can go, it's about how low you can go in his presence in his presence, how low I can go. Not just, you know, when I preach Sunday morning, no, 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 it's to my actions and my behavior and everything that I do, rest of the day counts at how low I can. I mean, I was not worthy of all of these. I was not worthy of an eternal covenant by God Almighty. That's David's story. His parents never counted him in. His brothers never counted him in. Nobody thought he was good for anything. But when God looked at the inside of David, he chose and made an eternal covenant with David. That's the story of many of ours here. I talk to our parents and they always tell me that I walked into this country. We came to this country with just one bag. And today you can look behind and you can say, God, all that you have given, is just because of your grace in my life and nothing else. Who am I? That the Lord of all the earth, out of every other individual in the world, has chosen me, has counted me in. There were so many other people. Saul was good, tall, handsome, built, really good guy. No, it was David. When we look into the scriptures, I love when I was reading through the scriptures it, it, it talks about, you know, um, God talks, God tells, God in chapter number six, when you read, you will, understand, you will see it in chapter number six when you read it. It t- talks about, you know, when God uh, looked at David, God says that I found him in the pasture land with the sheep. I found him there. I found him there. And I brought him, I chose him there. I found him there and I chose him there. Can I tell you something? All of us here, we are chosen by God Almighty. We are chosen by His grace. Not because of what I have done. That's the story in verse number 18. Not because of what I can be merited for. No, but because of His grace in my life. It's just His grace. Sometimes when I make a... Maybe, you know, uh, one of the things that could come up in my life as a preacher could be the Pride. Any, any person that, that's a leader from stage that, that automatically that could come in our life is the issue of pride. And Bible says God hates people who are filled with pride in their life. And it's, pride builds a wall of a wall that you think it's okay but for God it's a total No. He cannot deal with you if your life has built around pride. Break that wall down of pride. Lord, who am I? Should be a question in our heart. Every journey. Whenever God gives us a blessing, a success in our life, just ask this, who am I? Was I even worthy of this? I was not worthy of all of this that, that you have done and met in my life. But all this happened just because of your grace. Just your grace. There is nothing else that I can boast about. He counted me in. And if God counts me in, nobody else can count me out. It is Him who am I. Who am I. Sometimes as we... Spiritual pride is a deadly thing. It's a very deadly venom in all of our lives spiritual pride it can quench our own spirituality and it can also derail the work of many others in the church because because of pride issues we will never let anybody else grow we will never let anybody else accomplish things for god almighty Pride has to come down. I'm praying, God, help me that I, I, I prune myself. If there are areas in my life where, where you know, pr- there are pride issues, I pray, God, that you will take care of it. I pray, God, that you will help me to nurture myself in a way that I am holy and clean in your sight. Pride is an issue. If you're listening to me, if you're a singer, if you're a worship leader, if you're a prayer warrior, if your Bible knowledge is really good, humble yourself. Humble yourself don't look at others and say, I am good, I am perfect, I am all well put up. You know, there's nobody who's equal to me. That's the spirit of Pharisee. The spirit of Pharisee is the spirit of pride. That can derail the work of God in everybody's life. And I believe and I hope and I pray that Zion will not be that church. And everybody who's listening to me right now, wherever you are ministering to God Almighty, I pray that spiritual pride will have no place in your ministry, in your house, in your family, in your individual life. Wherever you are, spiritual pride will be cut down completely. David asked this question, who am I? Yes, I have done great conquests. I have won great victories. I have built a wall around Jerusalem. I have separated this as a holy nation under God, for God, a worshiping nation. Yes, I have done all that by myself. God, you elected me. You put Saul down and you chose me to this world. How good, how lucky I am. But yes, out of all that, I love how David says, who am I? that you counted me in and you made a covenant with my family what i want to look into that is the word of god here is i made a covenant with my family god made a covenant with our with my family and when you read through that scripture verse 18 it says who am i sovereign lord And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, that you have spoken about the future of the house of yours. what a life he is he is just dissecting all parts of his life his pride and he is letting God know God you know in all of these situations here yes you have led me this far and it is only your grace but what am I God that you are making an eternal covenant with the future of my family are your parents here who are worried about the future of your God has already made an eternal covenant with your family and the future of your family and God says I have chosen in you and I've taken you out of the world you are mine you are my holy nation you're my precious one this is what I want to say those who find God they find themselves those who know God they know themselves David knew who God was And he knew who he was. Out of all his accomplishments and everything that he did, he understood that he was fit for nothing. He was worthless. Nobody counted him in. He he could not do all of these things unless God. Today, some of you all need that extra grace of God in your life. You have to know that the power of Calvary is strong enough that he counts you in as a workman in this kingdom. He counts you in. He has chosen you. He has appointed you. I want to take this scripture again and go back to Genesis chapter 32 verse 10. Genesis chapter 32 verse 10, we know it's a story of Jacob. He's coming down to meet Esau, his brother. When he is coming down to meet his brother Esau, there's a prayer that Jacob makes. What I like to correlate in both of these verses is that it is just before or after our eternal covenant that God has made with a person. What we see here is, Jacob praised the God Almighty and this is what he says Lord I am not worthy of the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant for with only my staff I crossed this Jordan and now I have become two camps nyan crossed the but all that I can boast about right now it's only your grace in my life that's the story of Jacob in the Old Testament it's the story of David in the Old Testament and I pray that this will be our story today everything that God gives in our life it's his blessing use his blessing to bless God Almighty your time on earth it's a blessing from God Almighty. Use your time to glory. Give glory to God Almighty. Not just you know. Sometimes we have an attitude that Sunday morning coming here, Sunday morning is really good being with us for three hours of so praise and worship is the best part of the week I believe because there's a community house when we all come together there's an, uh, there's an unprecedented move of God that touches our sanctuary touches the life and there's an inbuilt revival that takes place and I believe every week that has to happen but don't just limit your experience for just one Sunday morning service and you put in your calendar calendar, and your your, your schedule every week and you say okay today I have to go and sit in God's house for three hours sing two songs and and just wipe my hand and walk out of this place. No. It is a journey. Everyday walk. How can you live peacefully when you see the presence of God not in your house? How can you live peacefully when you see the presence of God not nothing to do anything with your lifestyle? What are you ready to do? David chose To build it. David chose. To build it. Yes of course he did not build it. His son Solomon built it. But he prepared everything. That his son can use to build. Oh. I want you to understand the revelation behind it. Sometimes you may not be able to build. And everything that you have. But you are preparing. As we were talking yesterday. You're the new lion in this generation. And through you, God will establish a kingdom that believes and worships God Almighty. That is separated for God. Out of you will come out a generation that stands in the gap for this nation because you are the anointed and the cho- anybody who is listening to me and under my voice right now, if you have your children around you, put your hands over your children and let them know, God, this is my child and this is a blessing for your kingdom and I will not let any devil take care and take away them from your presence. Rike who am I? I'm nothing. I'm, I have no worth. All that I have done, it's not just because of my strength or my education. Let that pride come down. Let your pride of education, that, that, let that come down. Let, let your, the, the pride of your talents come down. Let the pride of your giftings come down. Just say, God, it's not because of who I am. It's all because of who you are in my life. not because of who I am but it is because of who when you care about God's work He cares about your work when you care about God's work He cares about your future are you all here today listening to me and might be thinking what is going to happen tomorrow what is going to happen next week I have a prophetic word over your life That God has already set your future. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. And in Him, I find my refuge. I run to Him and I am secure because He is my fortress and my help. In all times, I run to Him. Can We all stand in God's house. I sense a mighty move of the Spirit of God right now here. And when you are listening to me, I, I, maybe I repeat this every, every Sunday when I, I preach. Don't take any word for granted. This word for is your life. This word is for your family. This word is something that can change the course of your direction. David asked this question, who am I, Lord? Jacob asked this question, who am I, Lord? That you could show all of this in my life. What I am worth of. I don't know. What I, was I worthy of all of this but you have just shown your grace your unmerited favor on my life it all happened the eternal covenant was made with David and the covenant was made with Jacob only because Only because they chose to host the presence of God in their house. If you're all listening to me today, remember this. Host His presence and your life will change. Host God in your life, your family, your church, your household. Your life will change. Anywhere God walks in, the place never remains the same. If Jesus walks into a church and he sees things that is not in order, he will break, he will chew away and he will make things in order. Expect God to do that in our life too. Let him take control. All eyes closed. As we look to the presence of God Almighty. And we sing this song right now. We tune into the presence of God. With all that God has given, I want to go give back to God Almighty. The time he has given resources the money as we extend our hands towards our offering today I pray that with all that God has given and blessed our life we want to give back to God we're not holding it to ourselves as our dear pastor was sharing yesterday with the wealth the money that comes into my hand I can always hold it tight in my fist and let everybody know this is mine and I'm never ready to part it away and also at the same time I can keep it open and let God know God all you gave is yours, is yours. Let's be in that attitude of knowing ourselves and reconciling ourselves with God Almighty this, this morning, this afternoon, and letting God know, God, all you have given me is just your grace. I was not even worthy of it, but it was just your grace in my life.